Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. Carol Masser, my co-host Corey Johnson, is off on this Monday in his place, Oliver Rennick of our Bloomberg News Stocks team. Have you seen what's going on with biotech stocks? Of course I have, Carol. I'm the stock markets reporter. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it is Monday. And I'm still catching up. But uh, I know that recently it's been pretty interesting because out of tech and maybe into biotech. On a tear in 2017. We're going to talk about the group and we're going to talk about some specific names within biotech. We'll get to that in just a moment. Let's get back, though, to the overall business market trade and some of your top business stories. Here is once again Doug Krisner. Thanks, Carol. Uh, seeing a bit of weakness in the information tech uh, stock group, the S&P 500, the Infotech Index is down about one half of one percent. Many of the computer-related names, you can toss Google and uh, eBay into that group. Each of those shares weaker by about 1.3%. And that's helping to pull the NASDAQ composite lower by just about two-tenths of one percent right now. In the broader market, though, I'm seeing relative strength among utilities, telecoms, even the financials are higher today, and that's helping to send the S&P 500 up by about two-tenths of one percent. The Dow ahead two-tenths of one percent. The day's eco data, a bit on the soft side, I'm talking about the factory orders numbers, uh, weaker than expected reading here. So we have uh, pre- Treasury prices up, yields down the 10-year right now, trading at a yield of uh, 2.13%. A lot of Fed speak uh, this week. Uh, Janet Yellen is on tap. And then in the broader picture, we have uh, central bankers, including Mario Draghi of the ECB, uh, Bank of England's Mark Carney, and the BOJ Governor Haruhiko Kuroda all speaking today. So that'll be driving uh, sentiment one way or another. The dollar right now. Now holding steady. Berkshire Hathaway uh, taking a near 10% stake in store capital. This is a REIT and uh, shares in store right now better by about uh, 10%. Also Rite Aid being actively traded to the upside. This is after M&A News uh, the M&A News outlet CTFN reported uh, that it's more likely than not that the FTC is going to go ahead and green light Rite Aid's merger with Walgreens. All right, you're caught up on markets. Let's get back to Oliver and Carol and more Bloomberg Markets. All right, Doug Krisner, thank you so much. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets, brought to you by National Realty, managers of New York City cash flow real estate, providing you 10 to 16% annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. See them at nria.net. This is Bloomberg. Just kicking down cobblestones, looking for fun and feeling Feeling pretty groovy if you're an investor in biotech this year. I looked at a couple different metrics. Biotech stocks, according to the NASDAQ Biotech Index, uh, up 21% so far this year. Check out the Spider S&P Biotech ETF. It's a gain of about 36%. David Nierengarten is head of healthcare equity research over at Wedbush Securities. They are based in San Francisco, and we find him uh, in our Bloomberg 960 studio in San Francisco on this Monday. David, nice to have you here with uh, Oliver Rennick and myself. Um the move up in biotech, explain it, why we're seeing such a move up. Uh, sure, I'll do my best on that one. But I think the you know, the rotation into the sector, investors have been encouraged by a couple things here. First off, a, a lack of action, shall we say, in terms of uh, political you know, movement on drug pricing has certainly helped uh, catalyze a, a move here. In addition to, I think, the um, back to the political scene with increased confidence that uh, we will see some kind of corporate tax reform at some point. You know, it, it has seemed to have a uh, heightened uh, priority, you know, at least in, in recent weeks. Um, and so with the M&A 
likelihood increasing. I think investors are picking their spots here in biotech. David, I want to jump to my uh, my pet question with biotech right now and shoot me down if it's wrong. Uh, but I'm curious. It seems uh, perhaps more than a coincidence that some of the strength in some of these biotech, some of these healthcare companies comes at a time where the strength is fading in technology and momentum yep. and the sort of growth trade that was very much uh, driving the stock market throughout the first half of the year. Is uh, biotech provide a sort of replacement for investors that want to see growth companies that are willing to pay a little bit more for them? Yeah, I think that's definitely a factor here where um, you have, shall we say, non-economically sensitive growth, um, you know, where drug prices, again, aren't affected. Um, the There is growth potentially in healthcare, continued growth in healthcare, um, and also for folks who don't really care about earnings with the M&A action, you know, small and mid-cap biotechs actually aren't economically sensitive at all if they get bought by a, a larger company. So I think that uh, provides some encouragement for investors here. There's a ton of biotech names out there, though, David. How do you kind of separate them out? What What's of interest to you? Yeah, my coverage list is mainly, you know, small and mid-cap uh, development stage biotechnology companies, and my main focus has been a, a lot of oncology and rare disease stocks. Um, those are, uh, you know, bulk of biotech um, publicly traded companies, and I think where a lot of the, you know, action is in terms of clinical trial results and M&A action. A uh, few of these. Let's run through some of these because you've got some specific picks here. And uh, as Carol points out, so much going on in, in biotech always. Uh, what here, if investors are sort of looking for that kind of growth, the potential here for uh, some kind of corporate news that could drive these companies, um, you know, but I guess at the same time might be a little bit expensive. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything's cheap in biotech land, but uh, there are a couple things I look for too with um, some some of the stock picks uh, that I would look at are companies with near-term, you know, clinical trial results that you have confidence in or I have confidence in, in reading out in a positive manner. So, you know, a couple of uh, uh, companies that I, I point to, one is uh, Blueprint Medicines. It has a it's a little bit under a two billion market cap right now. Uh, it's relatively early stage phase one two for their um, drug candidates, but uh, they are looking at specific um, mutations in, you know, particular rare cancers, which does afford it likely a quicker route to market. Uh, they just reported out some positive data in at ASCO, the big cancer meeting in Chicago in June, and uh, they have a nice set of what I hope to be successful data points, so likely over the next year in different indications from liver cancer to um, to other genetically defined um, cancers that they're targeting. And some deals with some pretty solid uh, companies there as well, Alexion, Roche, some of the more sort of recognizable, bigger-name farmers. Exactly, yeah. They, they have a great chemistry platform that the larger farmers have recognized and, and provide a little bit of cash to um, you know help them build it out. Yeah, it's a uh, it's up about eighty six percent so far this year. It's about a two billion dollar market cap at this point. Are there any near term catalysts? Uh, you yep. know, six months, twelve months, looking at that investors in terms of metrics should be watching. Yeah, they do. They have uh, several uh, early clinical trial readouts uh, likely in the near future. One is uh, a readout for what's called you know BLU five five four or five five four is should have some additional early data in liver cancer, uh, specifically genetically targeted liver cancer. Um, you know, in the next few months, by the end of the year, we should see some additional data for blue 285 or 285 in a um, proliferative disease called um, aggressive, ma- aggressive systemic mastocytosis. And then they should also have um, early data out from a what's called a RET inhibitor, an RET inhibitor, maybe end of the year to early 2018, um, and that's a, 
a direct comparable to another company out there called Loxo Oncology, which right. You know, has about a 2.4 billion market cap. So, you know, maybe you can argue there's a little bit of room to run here. And we know that Mycardia or Myocardia is another mm-hmm. name that you like in Argen, Argenics. Argenics. Yep. We're going to have to have you come back because I, I love talking about the specifics in this place, uh, in this space, but we're kind of running out of time. Um, good to get you here. David, thank you. David Nierengarten, he's head of healthcare equity research over at Wedbush, uh, based in San Francisco in our Bloomberg 960 studio in San Francisco. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Let's get a check on your latest world and national news headlines. We've got Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Thank you, Carol. We are awaiting the Congressional Budget Office score this afternoon on the Senate's revised health care bill. It is expected this afternoon. Among the big differences between this legislation and the discussion draft that came out last week, a new provision that replaces the Affordable Care Act's coverage mandate with a six-month waiting period for people who buy insurance after letting it lapse longer than 62 days. Now, at least six Republican senators came out against last week's bill. If this bill fails to get to 50 votes today or this week, I do think that there will be a lot of Republican senators saying, hey, we should go start negotiating with Democrats. And that would mean all those tax cuts that Wall Street's been expecting, uh, that Republicans have been promising for years, would have to go to the wayside because the Democrats don't support those tax cuts, particularly on the wealthy. Bloomberg Senate reporter Stephen Dennis. The defense authorization bill that's now being written on Capitol Hill includes an idea you might say is out of this world. A House Armed Services subcommittee has included language to create a U.S. Space Corps. That would be a new branch of the military focused on America's assets outside our atmosphere. Bloomberg government senior defense analyst Rob Levinson says this new branch would spring from the Air Force, sort of like how the Marine Corps sprang from the Navy. What it would do is sort of put space programs uh, sort of on a level playing field with all the other programs, as opposed to being something that competes particularly within the Air Force, as I said, with other priorities. And you can read more about this uh, portion of the defense authorization bill at bgov.com. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.